0: live shopping so we can stream something live we can talk about our products we're the experts and people can ask questions and interact with us through a chat it's brilliant and we thought you know what we'll, we'll try it and i mean sometimes things don't fly sometimes they do this flew.
1: company's foundation in 1989, entrepreneurship, expertise and a passion for gardening have been driving Blomsterlandet to become Sweden's largest retailer of plants and flowers. Now, with 64 stores across the country, as well as a strong e-commerce presence, they are continuing to push ahead with new ways of engaging their customers and propelling their brand forward. The latest development and advancement in that innovative journey is the creation of their live shopping shopping offering, which we'll talk about today, and their shift from brick and mortar stores to online services. We'll cover the ins and outs of that new development, but we'll also look back at their general transformation story to catch up on progress and uncover the successes and pitfalls along the way. So to discover more, I'm very happy to be joined by Tehrad Zedder, e-commerce manager at Blomstilandet, to take us through the finer details So, Ted. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much. Great to be here.
1: I said that we've just come to the end of the Congress event. How's it been for you? It's
0: been great. It's been great. I mean, it's uh, always been a really good event, but I think really this year they've outdone themselves. Yeah. So for anyone who's, you know, has the opportunity to come here, it's a great event and uh, yeah.
1: Highly recommended.
0: For sure, I've sure. spent
1: my day in this glass box of emotions, yeah, so I haven't managed is, to uh, attend anything. I mean, when we talked break. and
0: planned about this, you said, have you ever recorded a pod in a glass box? And you're like, and no. it's, it's first for me. It's a thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, a thing. thing. Yeah.
1: So, let's begin with some introductions. I briefly introduced the company and I briefly introduced you, but tell yeah. us more about you, your role, and then what are you trying to achieve at Blomsterlande? Right.
0: Well, I start with the brand because I think that's really where everything starts. And Blomsterlande is a quite traditional retailer in Sweden as you said, you know, first store opened in 1989. Yeah, long so they've time been around ago. for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's been a small company to be a quite big company today. And really from day one, it was all about just helping consumers uh, to find products that necessarily at that point in time in Sweden wasn't that easy to find. You know, you had okay. to literally go out to you know, maybe out on the countryside to find those kind of stores and whatnot. And they tried to open a, a bigger store. So these products could be accessible. So okay. That's where it started in some way. And today, you know, as you put it, we're over 60 stores, we have e-commerce and we are the largest uh, garden center retailer in Sweden. So it's been, it's been a journey for the brand for sure. And I think the last 10 years or so has been quite intensive. even so, And even just the last three years has been very intense with the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so because the pandemic, even though, you know, for us, uh, it was quite positive because in Sweden, at least, you know, people, they couldn't travel. They couldn't go anywhere, but they Spending could definitely. Spend a lot of time at home. Exactly. Spend a, time, a lot of time at home and, you know, in the garden or in your balcony or whatnot. And your mind starts wondering, what should I do? And I think that if you ask any average Swede during the pandemic, either they were trying to plant things at home or they redid their bedroom wall, you know, some, <laughs> yeah, some of those yeah, options yeah, were, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Everyone so, became a gardener during the pandemic.
0: Kind of, right? Yeah. And uh, that's where we are as a brand. And I think that our position in the market when speaking retail and also in the segment of plants, uh, we're very much, you know, your your content is extremely important for us. We're trying continuously to help you on your way to make a purchase because our products are not the easiest thing to figure out. I mean, Maybe if you're buying cut flowers, you know, for the for the weekend, that's fine. You know, you pick up any one. If you're planting a smaller tree in your garden or trying to, you know, plant a bush of some kind, the, most people have no idea where to start. Most people. And if but.
1: they do start, they kill it pretty quickly. Yeah, it, it happens for Speaking sure. Speaking from personal yeah. experience,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it happens for sure, right? So I think that that's 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 our brand. We're trying to help consumers.
1: Okay, yeah. let's take a couple of steps back and start from the beginning. Then, so. Can you explain where you've got to in your transformation, the steps that have got you there, and also the drivers behind making those changes in the first place? So what were the main triggers for you in triggering your transformation? And tell us more about it.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, it started a few years ago. I think that around 2015, e-commerce was really picking up in Sweden. I mean, we've had a lot of e-commerce companies in Sweden that have had a presence for a long time. But I think around 2015, it started getting much bigger. And I think as a company, Bloomcell asked themselves, what is this and do we need to be a part of it? But I think a very wise decision was that we, I think we need to be a part of it, but we're not quite sure
1: how, mm-hmm. right? Very common.
0: So Yeah, very common, right? Because sometimes you don't know if this is going to fly or not as, as a trend, as a phenomenon. And I think that what they did, it, they started their e-commerce, but it was very much trial and error. Sort of. The basics. It was the basics. Let's open up a store online, see where it takes us. We have no idea of, you know, pricing, strategy, branding. Marketing. Yeah, marketing, assortment, you yeah. know. Uh, but it was like, we'll learn along the way. And I think in hindsight, that was a great move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that was probably one of the main drivers in actually starting with e commerce because I think that looking at a lot of companies, not just Bloomsdale on it today, is that e commerce was a trigger to general business development. You know, how do we develop our customer offering? How do, do we develop our brand in a digital landscape? Yeah. I think that was the main trigger. So that's where it started. Yeah. And I I was given the, the opportunity to start in 2017 okay. to be head of e-commerce. And when we did that, we quickly realized, wow, this is really picking up. It's, we started more and more interest. And as we introduced more and more products online, assortment was wider and wider, it really just blew up. And we realized, okay, if we actually want to do this, we need to do it properly. We need to figure out everything from marketing to where do we want to be in the market, uh, logistics, assortment, you know, all those kind of things. It was almost like starting a new brand in a way. Massive
1: undertaking. It
0: was a massive undertaking. And, you know, we did a lot of things wrong along the way for sure. But I think that that really, the trigger of the e-commerce was happening in Sweden. And then we realized, you know, people actually want to buy these things online and pick up in our stores. So let's, you know, let's go all in.
1: And was that maybe a bit of a surprise? You'd never really seen, like, you think of traditional garden centers or shopping online. You you think you just go in with your trolley on a Sunday afternoon and you like pick up the occasion. Oh, buy an apple tree because why not, you know? (laughs) You don't necessarily think of that as an online purchase.
0: For sure, for sure. And I think that when we started also, we got a lot of questions. We were like, you know, but pe- do people really want to buy these products yeah. online? And then we realized that, well, yeah, there is always that uh, segment of consumers that want to do their purchase online. Mm-hmm. But we, we also realized that it was it was also very important for us to have a presence online. Because maybe you're looking at our site, planning your you know products, planning your garden, whatever you may have it. And then you'll go to one of our stores. So for us to have our products online and show this is our assortment, this is the prices, this is, that just enabled us to have a wider offering. So it was, I always say, you know, our e-commerce, the purpose of our e-commerce is not always necessarily to sell those things online.
1: It's to offer that wider experience. For sure. Yeah. channel.
0: as a brand, I mean, this is my personal philosophy, yeah. but I think that it doesn't really matter if your customer is buying your product online or, or in, in a store. Yeah. They're buying from your Ultimately, brand. Ultimately,
1: they're buying a product. So they're buying from your brand.
0: So, but yeah, we've gotten a lot of comments throughout the years of you know, but do people really want to buy these products online? And I think that, at least in Sweden, about five six years ago, they'd said the same thing about food online. You know oh, I really want to like touch my tomatoes before yeah. buying them. Yeah. Really? Is, yeah. that, is that a thing? Yeah, you, you know? think you want to touch you, you the tomatoes, think, yeah. but you definitely you don't, don't really need write. to touch tomatoes. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. So you start out in the e-commerce journey, start with the basics, then you start to get a bit more developed, and then suddenly COVID hits, like you referenced, right. and suddenly there's this huge acceleration of the stuff that you've already started doing. Yeah. yeah. Then COVID ends. How has that changed your strategy or where you're at now? Yeah. What did you learn from COVID? What did you learn, and what are you... Continuing, <laughs> right? That you wouldn't necessarily have picked up had yeah, it not happened. Yeah, I
0: think so. I mean, I'm uh, out of a brand perspective. I think that Bloomstein should be very, in a way, grateful for COVID. It sounds really odd to say no, so. I get it. I
1: get it. Lots but of people it was say the just such
0: thing. a, you know, it was such a, you know, eye opener that we need to start moving much faster. Yeah. We start, need to really focus on what is it the customer needs and not think a lot about internal processes and internal, yeah, internal, yeah. you know, things yeah. and, and truths that we were holding on to. But really think about we need to realign our customer offering to sort of navigate to this new landscape of COVID and whatever that means. Right? Yeah. So that was really positive for us. And we did we did so many things in a short time span that I never thought was possible, really. I mean we what example, yeah. We launched a drive in service. I think it took us literally like three weeks. And I think in a non COVID environment that would probably take like six months yeah you
1: know? yeah and you wouldn't necessarily see it as a priority so it would go exactly. on the back burner and yeah, then you'd think you know about it. you want
0: to tweak it until it's really wow and whatnot but this was like uh, we need to get this out there now you know and what was fascinating and i'm really proud of is that everyone also in the organization felt the same it wasn't you know, like everyone understood this is something different this is something new we just need to let go of what we had and just so go there ahead. was
1: lots of internal momentum yeah. oh, that makes sure, life so much sure, easier yeah. doesn't it
0: and i think what we really learned about it now because, I mean, COVID is not gone as a, as a, as a thing. But it, I think uh, in Sweden at least uh, things are going back to normal, full normal. And I think what we're learning is that not to let go of that sort of agile and fast-moving pace. You know, let's when it's needed, let's let's remember that. Yeah. And act the same.
1: Yeah, those um, ways of working that are yeah, so beneficial. For sure, for sure. So you saw your e-commerce business grow so much yeah. but you still have a strong brick and mortar presence yeah how did you change your presence in the brick and mortar was there a change did you have to relook at your strategy there and say okay we need to shift how we're positioning the two together
0: yeah i mean definitely i think that when we when also just as a fact when our e-commerce started growing i mean there's no surprise that a lot of these hybrid retailers There's an internal sense of competition. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. I think everyone who's who's been in my position recognized that as well. So that was just one of the challenges of how are we going to explain to all these store managers, so everyone who works within the company that this is not a competition. This is something that we have to offer. So our basically our offering and our brand is stronger, right? Yeah. So that was part of the journey for sure. But also that, for example, when we launched click and collect in all our stores. That meant training of so many people that, you know, when people buy things online, when they come into your store and they want to return just a very simple transaction, right? What does that mean? You know, you're presenting a brand. You're not representing your store. You're yeah. not representing yeah. us and them and, and those kind of discussions. Yeah. So I think our stores really have, in the last few years, gotten it, so to speak. And today, they're very much, they will even recommend in the store, if you can't find a product in that store, they'll say, actually, let's look at our website. Let's find out where yeah. else it is. Oh, they have it, great. Uh-huh. It can be here in three days. Yeah. Perfect.
1: So it's focusing on the customer, making sure the yeah. consumer is having Most a really thing, good experience. For sure. Thinking customer first, not product first. Sure. We know that the retail landscape is changing across the world, not just in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at new techs, new behaviors, a lot of them driven by COVID. We're also looking at sustainability. How are you, in your role, making sure that Blomsterlandet is fit for the future? It's a big question.
0: Yeah, it's a big question. It's a wide question. I think that um, really uh, there are some external factors, such as, for example, sustainability. Yeah. That really is, I mean, people are still learning, I think, very much so. What does sustainability mean? And what does it mean from a general perspective, but also in your context as a brand, right?
1: Yeah. And how do we talk about sustainability in a genuine way so it doesn't just look like it's a marketing ploy? It's not just...
0: It's not like greenwashing or stuff like that, right? And I think that that's just that part of it is a is a quite can be a quite intensive journey, just to finding out what does it mean for us, what does it mean for the public, and also that, yeah, that's one aspect of it. So we're working with that, and what we're trying really to do is start very at a a just very basic level. You know, what can we do? Are are the plastic that we use in our products is it good plastic or bad plastic? Because that's the thing. You know, everyone thinks plastic is just bad overall. And we're just trying to identify what can we do to make those things better. But I think, in general, when zooming out a little bit, when it comes to how are we looking at new tech, how are we looking at how the retail landscape is changing, at the end of the day, we're just trying to focus on what is the behavior of our customers and what do we think the behavior is in 10 years or 20 years. Because, I mean, it's not a surprise that people buying maybe, let's say our average customer today, Maybe they bought a house, maybe they're 30, 35 years old, sort of maybe they have you know, gotten kids recently. But in 10 years, those are the people that are 20 today. What kind of behavior did they have when they're buying products? So we're trying to think about that continuously and trying to think because there's a l- so many things happening now. The metaverse, NFTs, you know, blah, 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 blah all these things. And I think as a brand, you can't just jump on all of them. You
1: can't jump on all of them. But also, it's difficult because you don't know what the next thing is going to be. Exactly. How do you make the decision exactly. about what yeah. you jump on? So, how are you getting to know your customers better? What kind of ways are you doing it? How are you looking at data? How are you collecting that right. data?
0: Well, I mean, I think one thing that really helps us along the way is that we have a loyalty club, like a customer member yep. club. Yeah. And today, we have over a million active members. Wow. So, that means that active for us means that they've made a purchase the last 18 months. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of ambassadors there. And we can really see what are they buying, how old are they, gender, are they living in cities, are they living in smaller towns? We can do all that analysis. And since about 70% of all our purchases is by a member, so that really tells us that, okay. That's it's, interesting. Yeah, that is wow. very interesting, right? So that m- means that when we're analyzing our members, we're really analyzing 70% of our customers. Why do
1: you think you've got such a high rate there? Is that because you're really good at getting people to become members? I think or is it a that factor? your members are just nurtured uh, so brilliantly yeah. that they just keep coming uh, back? I think
0: it's a combination we're really good at, you know, uh, making you a member. Okay. It's also very easy to register. That's a factor okay. as well. Yeah, 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 But honestly, I think it's because there's a there's an interest in keep being a member, you know? When we're communicating with you, I think unlike unlike other brands that are focusing a lot on price and campaigns and lowering prices, we're not. We're talking about Oh, you know, it's March. Have you thought about this? Or it's time to actually plant these products.
1: Timely, personalized, valuable content. Exactly.
0: And I think that that's why also our newsletters are very popular. And we can see, you know, the opening rate of them is around 40%.
1: Which is very high. Which is
0: very high, right? And I think honestly think that that's because uh, we don't just bombard you with price. You know, because it gets dull. Yeah, it does. And
1: it cheapens the product ultimately. If all you're seeing is something that's cheaper, discounted, discounted. In general,
0: we have good prices. I mean, it's not like we don't have campaigns. We had good prices, but the key for us is really that: how can we help you in this sort of journey of buying plants? Either you're really experienced and you know exactly what you want, or, like as example I said, you just bought a house and you have no clue, right? So we have to sort of make sure that we can help both of those customers. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean also apart from that I think that what we're doing is that we're just looking at retail in general. How are people behaving because sometimes it doesn't matter if you're buying a t-shirt or buying a plant. The beha- some of the behavior is very similar. So what can we learn from giants like Tesco, Target or big retailers in Sweden? What are they doing that's interesting?
1: What about outside of retail? Because retail obviously a lot of people think retail's got it nailed when it comes to e-commerce, but that's, you know, what other industries are you looking at in terms of how they connect with their customers? Not necessarily how they sell, but that yeah. full journey. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that, yeah, I think it sounds so obvious, but I think that, for example, something that I think in Sweden we're very proud of is, is Spotify, right? Yeah. And just like as a company, how, they're, how they know their customers and listeners so well, it's, yeah. it's insane.
1: Like frighteningly well.
0: Yeah. Frighteningly well, right? It's like I remember seeing this tweet is that Spotify knows what kind of music I like to listen to before I know it.
1: Try this playlist. Yeah. You're going to love it. You right? love it. And I yeah. think that
0: there's a lot to learn there. They're they're just – they're very much – that was in their DNA DNA as a company. And This is what we're offering. This is what we're building. And I think that those things are very interesting uh, for sure to learn from. Um, yeah.
1: I think that's super interesting. They're taking – Taking the best bits from different industries and applying them together. You have conferences like this where this is a a lot of retailers all in the same room. But actually, over the last couple of years, you've seen B2B companies. You've actually seen these kind of events open beyond the industry that they were made for or like designed for, for, right? People need to learn from each other. I think also
0: what's quite exciting in the commerce industry in general is that business to business is still quite immature but they have so much to look at you know yeah. they can just look at business to consumer and say wow yeah. they did that they did that so there's so much experience and track record to take part of yeah. so i think that anyone who's in the business business segment and they're keen on you know trying to build an experience that's new there's so much to look at yeah oh my now, god
1: everything talking about uh at the moment we're talking a lot about manufacturing and that D2C strategy for manufacturers what is available to them that they maybe haven't, you know, they've constantly, they've been relying on distributors for such a long time that they haven't realized like the value of that direct customer relationship. That is a whole other conversation. (laughs) But I want us to talk to you about how you're competing with the digitally native online sellers, because obviously there are quite a few, some big, big brands. I don't know who the bigger ones are in Sweden, but we've got Freddy's Flowers or Bloom and Wild, you know, these digitally native ones who are customer centric at their core. And obviously you guys are also, thinking customer first but have you had to change or shift do you you see them as strong competition and how do you respond
0: yeah i mean i think yes to answer your question shortly there are strong competition there (laughs) are strong competition but i think it's just wholesome i think it's really good because to
1: have the competition for sure because it pushes you to be better it pushes you to
0: next level and gives you sometimes even a role model to look at there's also a risk of competition if you're looking just at what they're doing you're always number two right So, I mean, there's a balance there. Yeah? But I think that the companies like Bloom & Wild, which is really, I think, for Europe, is a great example of how to be digital first in an ancient industry. Literally, flowers is an ancient industry, you know? So I think that they've done something very, very special.
1: So do I. And it's not just the fact that they have this brilliant digital first approach. Other thing that's so obvious about them is how they deliver their flowers, like letterbox flowers in their little hats. Like who, how has it taken so long for someone to think about (laughs) the hundreds of millions of bunches of flowers that have been left on doorsteps? You know, it's such a simple idea, but but that that comes from thinking customer first, right? For sure.
0: For sure. And I think that when you're, if you' ever done a purchase at Bloom and Wild you know website, everything is so thought through they're they're thinking about everything and even yeah. their brand and communi- communication is so spot on but I think that what we can learn from those companies is that I mean realistically since we have a long legacy of brick and mortar and we just have, we're just an older company you know period what we can learn from them I think is that just that the customer focus and I think that that happens so often in so many industries i mean i think one of the best business cases is best uh blockbuster versus netflix right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah I mean, a, lot of
0: people, a lot of people think oh yeah because you know b- uh, broadband and bandwidth and everything but people forget that netflix had a much better offering as well you know yeah. they didn't charge people for yeah. being late with movies yeah they had a much better customer service they just had a better brand yeah. in that sense
1: yeah yeah, yeah it yeah, wasn't yeah.
0: all about you know VHS or DVDs versus streaming, it wasn't, that wasn't the whole yeah. thing, right? And I think that's what we can learn is that if we have old policies or old ways of doing business, we need to think about how can we make our offering and being just more customer service minded.
1: But does it keep you awake at night? Like how does, as an, as an e-commerce manager, how, what are the ways that you can compete? Like how, what have you got in your back pocket that they don't have? Mm. If anything, Yeah, is that the fact that you have the legacy, the customer data, the experience, the know-how, right. the, maybe the knowledge about your plants and yeah. products yeah. that maybe the others would
0: I think there's two aspects. I think that one aspect is uh, that, that I think a lot of times is so underrated is our stores. Our stores can add such a huge value and we're not there yet. I mean, personally, we're not anywhere close to where, where I think we should be. But it's such an opportunity because even though you have, you know, players like Bloom and Wild or Amazon, are, they don't have a huge store network, you know, in that yeah, sense. True. Uh, well, I mean, Amazon, correction, they have Whole Foods. Agreeable, okay. right? Yeah, but still. So I think that's a huge aspect that we can leverage. And I think that that really what's make us much, much stronger as a brand. But I think also that it really depends on the type of brand you are. Because for us, even though sometimes maybe it's interesting to go in a different direction, but you know the way that consumers perceive your brand, you can't just change it overnight.
1: No, of course not.
0: So I think that what really you should do Unless is. Unless
1: something goes drastically wrong. That's in right. In which case it <laughs> can. Yeah, happen that overnight. happens too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but I think that what I'm trying to say with that is that. Try to instead look at how is your brand perceived in the market. Hopefully, it's positive, but really try to scale that. Really try to find more things to fill out within that context rather than saying, oh, this brand is digital first and they're saying this, they're doing this, and they have this and this. Yeah, but I mean, imagine you shifting your brand to them. It's, it's, it's a hard journey. It's really a hard mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how... I think there's 10 times probably more stories of brands trying to shift and they failed. Than the other way around
1: i think you are exactly right okay i want to talk about live shopping more because right, this right. is something that you've uh, i mentioned in the introduction and it's relatively new so tell us about it like what's going on with your live shopping what's offering?
0: going on with live shopping i think that we started last year yeah and we had our first sort of live shopping uh, stream and for us it was up until the weeks you know launching it we, were, we just saw that live, live shopping started to grow a lot in, in Sweden, but also in the West in general. And it was very much driven by the pandemic. But I mean, I remember being at this event five years ago and they had a guest uh, keynote speaker from, from China. Okay. And she was talking about live shopping. And I was like, no, ah, this isn't
1: going to take what off. Is, yeah, what is that? You know, people thing. really couldn't,
0: you know, it wasn't tangible. No one's going to buy into this. Yeah, right. But then we said, actually, you know what? This is so brilliant because we know that our products are a bit more, I mean, complicated, you know. A lot of people need to ask questions, follow-up questions, compare, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So very much when you come to our stores, that's what happens, right? It gives
1: you the opportunity for that two-way conversation, though, that engagement exactly. that you wouldn't necessarily so otherwise thought,
0: have. Wow, so we can stream something live. We can talk about our products. We're the experts. And people can ask questions and interact with us through a chat. It's brilliant, right? And we thought, you know what, we'll, we'll try it. And I mean, some, sometimes things don't fly. Sometimes they do. This flew. Yeah, yeah, it flew properly.
1: How did you promote it? Like, how do people know it's happening? We have
0: very strong internal channels, social media, our newsletter. I told you about uh, our website. We did a big thing on our website, and I think that we didn't really need to market it more than that. Right. And we, and now you know, almost a year later, we're realizing you know we've had so many shows that we've streamed and different topics, and you know. How to plant your potatoes, how to plant your bulbs, how to do your lawn. How, how to
1: create to- a balcony, balcony garden.
0: Exactly. It could be anything, right? <laughs> and we just, we can see so clearly how people interact. Yeah. And also something that we weren't prepared, which I can really recommend to anyone who's interested and haven't started. We initially thought that the live watching would be the thing, but we noticed that actually like we can have a live show and we have hundred people watching. But in the weeks after, on we, demand. Can have, we can have eight, 900 people really? watch the same show. Wow. And it's like, wow, this is actually a huge content strategy, Yeah. right? Huge. And this lives on our website. And it's what's really funny is that, I mean, interesting, not funny, is that our products, they don't go out of date. It's like, you know, the advice you hear today is not going to change in 10 years. Timeless. Timeless. I
1: love all the stuff that you're doing with your customers. And it's so interesting, the way you talk about it, the engagement that you have, from them really shows and it's this idea of it's not about being able to sell them something it's when they view you as a brand it's not just a choice for them it's they'd miss you if you were gone like you're part you know you're it's just thus second nature (laughs) you're you're where they go right that's amazing okay so a whole transformation some really exciting new things like live streaming what comes next
0: what comes next I think that's something that we're really looking carefully at. I mean, there's there's one thing coming up, hopefully, this year. I can't make any promises, but I think that something that we're really looking at is that how can we become even more accessible to our customers? You know, I mean, we have our stores, we have social media, we have customer service, we have website, but even more so. And I think it's something that's very much in the time now. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, during the pandemic, everyone learned how to do video calls, right? Everyone. From your grandma to your great grandma to your, you know, everyone, right? And the idea of imagine going online on our website, book a meeting, an online video meeting, and then being from your house with an
1: expert, with an
0: expert, talk about this is where I live. This is my lawn. It looks terrible. What can I do? And from there tell you, you need to buy this. You need to do this. Do you want me to ship it for you or do you want to pick it up in store? That's something that we're really looking at, trying to build a strategy around. Because I am convinced that that, there's so many people that just are, you know, the society we live in today, you're quite cramped on time, especially if you live in a larger city. You know, time is so important, and our stores, honestly, you know, they're they're bigger department. I mean, stores. They're not city center stores. You know, they're quite
1: right.
0: So that's something we're looking at, where I think would be great for us. But I think.
1: That's a re- really key, that shift from salesperson to advisor, sales advisor, you know, that yeah. extra knowledge, that extra value add that you wouldn't yeah. necessarily get from. Yeah. And
0: right. I think there's a quote from the it's former huge, CEO of uh, Best Buy, the American electronics chain, right? And, you know, when they were struggling so hard with Amazon and whatnot, you know, they, they did a new strategy and then they, they launched this. They launched, you could book like a technician, he would come to your, he or she would come to your house and the mantra was, don't sell, build relationships, you know? Yes. And it was so important because they said, you know, if, if we're trying to compete with Amazon, it, we have to find other There, there has to be another way. Have to be another way. So okay. that's key for us. But I think something that we need to start looking at more, and we are, is that really to communicate with our customers in a better way, in a more relevant way. I think we've gotten a few steps on the way, but we can become even better, you know, to really get to know you, to know that, all right, Tizzy, you live in a flat in this part of the country, and okay, so when it rains... You've
1: killed an apple tree. Yeah,
0: you killed an apple (laughs) tree, so let's help us, right? But I mean, honestly, it could be like you planted an apple tree, and it's been so, so warm in your address. We know that because we know the weather, right? Yeah. Tizzy, hey, don't forget to water your apple tree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If, we
0: can, if we can enable that, I think that it's... it's
1: that's the dream, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that is the dream. That's the dream. And yeah. then
1: comes the challenge of having that close relationship with your customers and not frightening them away with how much you know about them. Exactly. But that's, again, yeah. Yeah. a whole other conversation. whole other conversation, Okay, yeah. if there's one thing that you could leave other people in your job, other e-commerce managers, other people who are looking to embark on a transformation of their own, what would yeah. be the one biggest success? Advice you could give them? What's the one thing you could say? Do this and it will change your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um Wow, you're really putting your pressure into this now. That's a hard question. 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 There's so many things you want to say, but I think that uh for me personally, because I that's the only thing I can really relate to, is that for me it was first an internal struggle to not give up. You know, you have to transform management, people. So that's, that's the, the hardest advice. bit. Just if you believe in something, if you're working at, in a company, if you believe in something, you see a change, just push and go for it. Don't give up. Because there's so many of your colleagues and coworkers, they're going to say, nah, it's not going to work. This is not the way people have been doing business. Hopefully you know better. Organizational
1: change. Yeah. Such yeah. a good place to end. Yeah. Thank you so much. This <laughs> has been so an much. awesome conversation. We could chat and chat and chat and chat, but <laughs> we have hit our 30 minutes. <laughs> for sure. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so
0: much for having me.
1: You've been listening to the latest transformation series from valtech Cafe. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtechcom for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.